Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, they say sometimes don't ever meet your heroes. That's bullshit. I've met one of my heroes and one of my, I consider somebody, a, a mentor of mine. He's an author. He's probably, he's been voted one of the best speakers on the planet. One of the most prolific authors I've ever met. Has a, a star on the Walk of Fame. He's done it all. He's a father to a, an amazing young man. Guys, please welcome to the show my brother, Greg S. Reed. How are you doing, brother? So good. Even I want to be me today. And thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, I appreciate you doing Colt, my son, and bringing him up at the end. Because every single day I'm learning something new uh, about myself through raising kids. And it's been one of the greatest experiences I ever had. Now I got three children and I they're they're the reason why I do what I do. And so and I gotta say, you know, the first time we ever talked on the phone was when you called me on Father's Day to wish me a father happy Father's Day. And that really touched my heart. And that's when I knew I would do anything for you. So how are you doing today? What's going on in Greg's land? Well, things are going well. I'm in beautiful San Diego, California. The sun's still shining, we're getting ready for the holidays. And uh, I got to tell you, things are definitely in flow like you and I were talking offline. It's kind of cool when the planets start aligning. But again, people don't see the 10 years of legwork and laying the foundation until it comes to be. And it seems like so many times we celebrate all of our successes, but we don't focus on the setbacks that we had, which is a good idea. What we want to do is learn from them and not really dwell on the past. But I want to stay on my son, Cole, because I just learned a great aha. And I want to share with you. And I don't know if you and I talked about it before, but I want to share with the audience. Can I share one son story that completely changed my life? This is your house, brother. Okay, you're like this. I was doing a podcast just like this with an amazing woman. And she asked me a question. She goes, do you pay your son an allowance to do things he doesn't like to do around the house? Like make his bed, pull weeds, you know, do laundry. You go, yeah, absolutely. I want him to learn the power of respect of money. She goes, stop. She goes, that's a shame. I go, what? She goes, you just are, you're ruining your child for the rest of his life. And as a student mindset, I said, teach me. And she goes, think about it. She goes, you're training your son from the earliest of mindset, the earliest of memory. The only way to get paid money is to do something he hates. So I sat there and said, you know what? I got a couple million followers on Instagram and social media. I go, you make these really cool TikTok videos and, and memes. I go, from now on, why don't I pay you your allowance for doing what you excel at? And I go, by the way, for living in this estate, why don't you just make your bed and do the laundry? We'll call it contribution giving back. And it changed the paradigm of the conversation in which we had. So now when he wants something, he never thinks how he can't afford it. He comes up and says, hey, Pop, how many TikTok videos do you need me to make so I can get this new video game? And it just changed everything. So I planted the seed now of his mind to do what he excels at so he can you know, create a life of sustained abundance. I love that. Now, like we were talking about earlier, I met you through Miss Sharon Lecter and Mr. Robert Kiyosaki. And that was something that I took away because that was the first money book I ever read. But that changed my whole mindset into not thinking, you know, how can I, you know, how can I, I can't afford it to, how can I afford it? And that was a big, big, big mindset, big mindset shift. So just tell for the audience how somebody doesn't know you, I don't know, but tell us a little bit about you, a little bit, you know, drop it a little bit down and dirty about Greg Reed. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, I don't like to talk about myself. You know how it is. But for those who don't know me, I'm the least qualified guy to do what I do. I'll tell you right now. So I've been published in like 140 books, 45 languages. Again, I have a star on the walk of fame for writing books, but I'm dyslexic. I can't spell. I can't read very well. So you work your strengths and you hire weaknesses. Happened to make a, a really cool feature major film that was uh, actually on the ballot for the Oscars and now I'll work into some other cool stuff. But that's just that stuff. But let me tell you the story behind that because it's kind of a good one because especially the people we're talking to today. A lot of times we sit there and say like, I don't know how or I don't get started because I don't have the information. Well, I was doing my event. It's called Secret Knock in San Diego. And I had this gentleman named Frank Chankwitz come up. And Frank started a nonprofit called Make a Wish Foundation. It's a nonprofit that grants wishes to terminally old kids. And I said, Frank, I go, I got to know what was your wish? And he looked at me like I had two heads. And he goes, what? I go, well, what did you wish for? And he goes, no one asked me. I said, well, I'm going to grant your wish. Anything you want, I'll give it to you. And he says, I just want my story to be told so my grandkids will know he did something special. And it took me six years of trials and tribulations of Hollywood, Hollyweird, California. And when it came out, like I said, we actually made the ballot for the Oscars and we're trending worldwide. You can download, stream it online right now. And the moral was, is that everyone can be a hero. You don't need to be a millionaire or celebrity to make a positive impact. You can give a pair of socks to a homeless person. You can stop a bully from fighting. And back to the same thing is how do you get started? So I didn't know how to make a movie. I never did it. So I took out an ad for a screenwriter on a secretive website called Craigslist for 25 bucks. The guy who answered the ad wrote the movie, directed it, produced it with me, and we won awards around the world. And the moral of that one is sometimes, like Les Brown says, you don't have to be great to get started, but you do have to get started to be great. And I love that. Now, we're, as we were talking earlier, the people that watch this show, they're vet veterans and they're also entrepreneurs. So we call them vetrepreneurs. And a lot of us, like you said, you know, when I got out of the military, I got hurt. I went blind. You can't see, you can't shoot. So we put you out. And that was the day that I attempted suicide. And I had to find a new mission in life and I had to find a new purpose. So what do you say, you know, you say you've talked you talk on all bases all around the world. And this is something that's dear to your heart. Absolutely. Because a lot of times we are, don't get the training uh, what to do in real life. You know, we go into service as a young person and we're basically told what to do, how to think, what, what you know. But again, we're the, the government spent a lot of money training us. And I think a lot of that is translatable and we don't give ourselves that credit for it. So, for example, a lot of the people that are working for me right now are actual retired veterans because it's gold. The government spent all this money training them. I want to implement that and bring it to my own uh, sphere of influence. So what we got to do is stop looking at what we can't do and start looking at what we can do, what is possible. And the secret of all this is to work our strengths and to hire our weaknesses or to collaborate on our weaknesses. For example, if someone comes out of the military and they're a officer and they're very great at organizational skills, they ran, you know, billion dollars in inventory or what have you. Well, I want to bring them into my circle. But what I'm going to do is bring in a top sales guy who knows how to go sell the product. I'm going to bring in a great marketing chief that knows how to get awareness and then let that person do what they do best to make the supply chain flow. And that's what we need to start looking at. Look, someone might have an idea for a cool logo. Another person uh, screen prints in their garage. And another person makes website. 
come together as a trifecta and start a new clothing line and together amazing things can happen. You know, and, and, and I didn't start taking off until, you know, we have a lot of mutual friends like Mr. David Meltzer and people like that. But I didn't realize, like you're saying, I'm great at building relationships. I'm great at interviewing people. I suck at graphics. I suck at marketing. So I had to hire people that can do it. You know, and they say, you know, if you don't, you don't know what you don't know. So hire people that do know. Right. Well, let me share. When I did this first book, it's called The Millionaire Mentor. You write something called a query letter. And a query letter says who you are, what's your message, why an expert who's going to read your book. I was turned down by 268 publishers, agents, and printers in a row. Because again, I'm dyslexic. I can't spell. It was hor- It was a train wreck. And then finally, someone said, we'll do your book. We just need you to get a ghostwriter and change the title, the beginning, the middle, and the end part. <laughs> and I didn't take it personally. Other than that, you're good. Right. I let them work their strengths. I did my gift of gab and it came out and became a juggernaut. So much so that one quote from this book was shared 37 million times. You've probably seen this quote on coffee mugs and t-shirts. You just didn't know it was from this. It says a dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken down becomes a plan and a plan backed by action makes your dreams come true. It's been shared 37 million times from a book that was turned down 268 times in a row. The moral is we Got to never let another person or ourselves talk us out of what we know to be true. Not what you hope, not what you wish, not you believe, but what you know to be true. And that's, to me, the biggest stumbling block. They say the greatest fear is the fear of failure, the fear of you know success. That's a bunch of crap. The greatest fear is the fear of criticism, what other people are thinking. There's a bumper sticker that says, what would you do if you couldn't fail? Throw it away. What would you do the moment you stop worrying about what people thought? And the funny thing is no one's thinking about us. They're thinking about their own situations. So the best time to take action for that book or that movie or that business or getting married or whatever it is, is the moment it strikes you to thine own self be true. And I love that. So now when you were coming up, who was that one person that believed in you? Well, I had quite a few of these type of people. So Charlie Tremendous Jones uh, was an amazing motivational speaker, author, and leader. And he opened up the doors of personal development that people could only dream. So that's how Sharon Lecter and I got the opportunity to work with the Napoleon Hill Foundation to write the Think and Grow Rich series as we went forward for the last 15 years. And I've had many, many of these different people come into our lives. And sometimes you meet for a reason, sometimes a season, (laughs) sometimes for a lifetime. And I understand that I get out of the way and I don't put too much attachment one way or the other. By the way, that's a big one. Attachment rather than detachment. Detachment means you don't care. Not a good way to live. Non-attachment means, man, you go all in. You give it everything you got, but you're not attached to the outcome. You know, I do four or five different books a year. Some of them are great success. Some of them don't do very well, but I'm not attached to that. I'm attached to make sure I put the best book out that I can, but then it's up to the audience to decide which one that they, you know, relate to. Now, once I read, because I, when I bought your book, and the one you and Sharon did together, and I bought the audio, and I listened to the audio and read the book at the same time, so I got everything out of it. Wow. Then I decided, oh, I want to know who Napoleon Hill learned from. I want to know who his mentor was. So I, I got all of Car- Andrew Carnegie stuff on tape, and I think it was like, 
25 hours or so I started listening to. But the mind hasn't really changed much since 1905, 1906. Yeah, the, the principles of, you know, success and mindset are the same it was. And by the way, General Ayers was the big mentor he had. Um, so uh, that, just understand that that was the real person. And it was really, really interesting of going through the entire journey of Napoleon Hill. And for those who don't know that, in 1908, Napoleon Hill was given this letter by Mr. Carnegie uh, to go meet all of his friends and write the first ever formula for success, which came to a book called Think and Grow Rich. A hundred years later, in 2008, the Napoleon Hill Foundation Surviving Family gave Sharon Lecter and myself the opportunity to kind of follow in his footsteps of a letter of introduction to meet today's top icons. So we got to sit down with everyone from, you know, the guy who started NASCAR to Remax from, you know, you, you name it, all the biggest iconic uh, brands to find out how they persevere through their challenging times. Okay. So then we're going to go there because one question I always ask, and I forgot to ask because I'm so excited to have you. Um, what is your definition of resiliency? Well, it's, it's there's, first there's a dream, then there's a challenge, and then there's success. Most people quit in the challenging times. And I realized that's just part of the minutia to get to the other side. One person, I did a book, it's called Think and Grow at Stickability, The Power to Persevere. Yeah. And a great quote. Uh, the guy I first I interviewed was uh, Marty Cooper. He invented this, the cell phone. And I said, what does stickability mean to you, perseverance? And he said, stickability has to be parallel with flexibility. He says, if you're not willing to adapt and adjust, you get stuck. And he told the story about a spider monkey. He said, in the rainforest, it's so quick and nimble, you can't harpoon it, spear it, catch it, it's too quick. But one hunter figured it out. He took a heavy log, drilled a tiny hole, dropped the peanut inside, left it at the base of the jungle. The monkey would smell the nut, come down from the treetop, reach his hand in, grab a hold of the nut, and his fist becomes so big, he can't pull it back out, anchored to the log. All he's got to do is let go, but he holds on with dear life, thinking that nut is nutrition. The hunter comes by an hour later, captures the elusive spider monkey. The question is, are we holding on to our own nut right now? But it could be in the form of that job or the past or the fear or what we don't have or guilt or remorse. And what we're holding on with dear life, thinking it's saving us, could also be the thing that's leading to our own demise right now. Sometimes we have to have the courage and the fortitude to simply let go, adapt, and adjust so we can live to fight another day. I love that. So when you go and talk on these bases, and I'm sure because I know you're the kind of guy that you'll go out into the audience and just talk with everybody, let everybody ask you questions. What are some of the things that you're hearing from the soldiers that are coming back? What are some well, yeah, everyone, every, people want to do something grand. They want to do something spectacular they just don't know how to get started so the secret is is to seek counsel and not opinion so i'm going to say that it comes from three feet from gold seek counsel and not opinion counsel is based on wisdom knowledge mentorship people have already paved the way where opinions based on ignorance lack of knowledge and experience so if you want to write a best-selling book as an example if i go to my family friends they're going to try to talk me out of it to protect me because i'm dyslexic they know i can't spell and they've never written a best-selling book. But if I go to Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, he's going to say, Greg, sit down. Here's what you need to know and give you counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. If we would spend our activity only seeking counsel and ignoring people's opinion, that's the day, that's the moment your life will change. I, I, I love that. And I think um, 
because some now some people I get a lot of people that ask me, you know, well, how do I get mentors? And for right. me, we still try to provide value to them first before asking for anything. So sure. Person and, 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 and here's a here's a big newsflash: surround yourself with people you have respect for, not you have influence over. So I'm saying it: surround yourself with people you have respect for, not those you have influence over. Number one. Door number two is you should have multiple mentors in your life. And there's a difference between a mentor and a coach. Let's be very clear. A mentor is an unpaid, older, wiser person who's gone one step ahead of you who can guide you along the way. A coach is someone you might hire to kick you in the tail to keep you on track. They're two different people. And we should have multiple coaches and mentors. So I've got a great tennis coach and mentor that teaches me my backhand, but I'm not going to ask him about my public speaking talent. I'm not going to ask my writing coach anything about how I'm going to go ahead and do financial literacy, I make sure I surround myself with the very best who are getting the results I want in the chosen field. And I ask them, for example, when I wanted to be a best-selling author, when I went to the bookstore, I bought every best-selling book. I didn't go to the best written book section. I don't want to be a great writing author. I'm dyslexic. So I went to the best sellers and asked them how they did it. There's a big difference between writing a book and selling a book. Let me be very clear. So I want to know exactly the process and the system. I asked them, and here we are today. No, and that's one thing that Robert always talks about. He's like, you know, I'm a best-selling author. I'm not a best-writing author. So exactly what you're talking about, and I truly love that. Now, one thing I know about you, you're busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Uh, but I believe, like, you know, Mr. James Clear wrote in his book, Atomic Habits, that we're 40 to 60 percent of our habits. And I think if and they say if you rule your your nighttime ritual and your morning ritual, you rule your day. So what is your morning and your evening rituals and how does it rule your day? Well, I end and I begin the same way. Uh, Dave Meltzer, someone you mentioned earlier, it's all about gratitude. So yeah. what I do is I say. Thank you and good night. And when I wake up, I say good morning and thank you. That's that's how I start and end my day every single day, always, just for, for the record, because I do have gratitude. Because, again, how many people have died in foxholes in foreign land wishing they could have these simple opportunities that we have today? So when I have my challenges and trials and tribulations, tribulations in business and, and, and finance, I don't ever complain about it. I don't whine about it because I'm very grateful for the opportunity to even have these struggles. So I have that type of mindset where I live in a state of constant gratitude because, again, right now we have the most opportune moment of existence on this planet to be alive. And I believe that we owe it to those who suffered before us to take the most advantages possible so we can leave it behind and pass the torch to the next generation. Okay. But now, you know, here's one, for me, I'm a big gratitude guy. Before I go to bed, I say three things that I'm grateful for. When I wake up, if I'm able to see anything, cause I was blind at one time, I say, thank you. Um, everything else is gravy after that, but you have to put in the reps like uh, Ed Mallet talks about in his new book. So, but you got to put the work in. So what kind of, what is your work process like? Well, yes. And again, it's all, for me, it's different than the average person. So I don't, I'll tell you mine, but it's unfair. So I'll be very clear is that I work my strengths and I hire my weaknesses. I collaborate with my weaknesses. So I've got four books in motion right now. I think five, maybe 
yet guess what? I'm not writing them right now. I'm talking to you. I've got amazing ghostwriters and editors that are the world-class best people that I have a conversation with, share with them the vision, which I wanted to create. And then they go make that happen. Same thing. I run six different corporations. I sit down with one person who's the figurehead, explain exactly what I want done, the vision, and then they go to the people to make sure it comes to life. I would go crazy if I was trying to do everything and become a micromanager. The true leadership is to delegate the vision and give them the responsibility and the authority to make things happen. And then you get out of their way. So every single day, even though I'm right now making a major movie, I'm in the middle of casting. I'm making a TV show that we're pitching to the biggest networks, writing five books. I got two sold out events coming up, not to mention all the different day to day business. I can stop and have a conversation with you because I've got amazing people who are the best in their field, making sure that it comes to life. So talk about your live events, because I love your live events. I think they're game changing. There's not just another event. It's a game. Each one is game changing. So talk about your events. Well, I, I do, too. So one of them is called Prosperity Camp, and that is a knees and knees event in my home in beautiful San Diego, California, in Carlsbad. I've got a really cool place right here. So people sit up the, you know, I got those staircases that go up like that Beverly Hillbillies. So people sit along there in the middle, up top to Abe Lincoln seats. And I bring in my friends and go, look, this is how stuff really works. It is the nuts and bolts, the meat and potatoes. It's exhausting. I'm going to be quite frank with you. So if someone sits there and says, hey, I want to open a corporation. I don't know how to get started. I bring in the guy who owns Laughlin Associates, the largest corporation filing business in the nation, and says that this is exactly how it happens and here's the benefits and how it gets done. If you want to get into Bitcoin mining, I bring in someone from Asia with a Bitcoin miner. We hook it up to a computer and show this is exactly what Bitcoin is. Here's how you do it. It is the exact hands-on. If you want to write a best-selling book, here's the top literary people that did $4 billion to show you the inside. It reminds me of that one old TV show when you and I were kids, that magician that would show all the tricks. Yeah. <laughs> really done. That was a good show too. Yeah, that was that was Prosperity Camp. And then Secret Knock, that's fun. I got to tell you, that's a show. That's kind of like a Cirque du Soleil meets a talk show meets a motivational event and networking. And it's known as the greatest event in the world by Forbes magazine that you cannot attend. You have to know someone or be invited or you have to go to the website, thought an application is the only way to get in. And once you do, we will not tell you where it is, who will be there, nothing. It costs thousands of dollars to attend and you have to go with blind faith. We just tell you the city, state, date, and that's it. And then what happens is we leak the location right before so no one will show up, uh, you know, out, off the streets. And by doing that, we've had a private Skype with Edward Snowden while he's hiding in Russia, telling his side of the story, not just from CNN. Uh, we've had President Vicente Fox show up without Secret Service to tell us how George Bush tried to get him to join the war in Iraq, but how he didn't see it. We've had everyone from Tonino Lamborghini, Mr. Lamborghini flying from Italy. Uh, just Carol Baskin from the Tiger King came in to tell her side. All the way down to top astronauts, physicists, billionaires, millionaires, sports icons, Oscar winners. And they're the most incredible people because they keep it real and say, look, this is the real secret. This is how it works. For example, if you want to get into Hollywood, I'm going to give you the secret right now. A yes right away is a no. A no is a no. And a maybe, let's run it up by people, is all you're looking for. And for myself, when I did my movie, I wasted years of my life because I go to Hollywood and they go, yeah, sounds good, baby. We're going to make you a star. Let's get you a bunch of money. And that was actually a no. But I believed it because I grew up in a normal civilization where a yes was a yes. But a yes right away is a no. 
Someone saying no is a no. But if someone goes, hey, that's a good storyline. Let's go ahead and get a meeting together with a studio to see if that flies and they can bring that into their, their, their database. Well, all of a sudden, that's an opportunity. If I would have learned that one little secret, I would have saved five years of my life. Secret knock is just accumulation of all these little secrets of how things really work. I and I I would eventually love to go and hang out and learn because you know you know me I'm, I'm one of those guys I soak up knowledge, but whatever you tell me if you say this is what needs to be done, I'm gonna do it. I'm that kind of guy. Tell me what to do, I'm gonna do it, and I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna just think about it. But well, now I, 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 let's just. Just do it. See, this is the same thing. We don't don't think about it. Do it. You, you, come hang out with all these people that you're talking to in the interview and have tacos with them and, and get to know them. So the next one is March 21, 22, 23. We're six months out. I think we have like less than 20 tickets left and we're going to be sold out six months early. This is it. Just when I'm done, send me a DM and people that want to learn about it, go to secretknock.co and fill out an application. Say you saw it here. You want to come play. That is the key, taking action. Actually, it yeah. is the action in the law of attraction that makes our dreams a reality. Think it, feel it, do it. Wow. You know, I, I've never heard anybody put it that way before. That, so that, that, that's awesome. Now, say if, if you're a guy, you know, you get out of the military, you do a career, or you only do four or five years, and you want to get into entrepreneurship, but don't know where the hell to start or what to do. What would be your advice, a couple of steps that they can take to maybe start getting some clarity? Well, it's only one, actually. Surround yourself with people that are getting the results you want. Again, if you want to be a best-selling author, reach out to best-selling authors. If you want to start a clothing line, reach out to somebody who is the top in that industry. If you want to do something, that, that is the secret. Look, again, the reason why we did Secret Not because I got so frustrated people asking this exact same question. So if you want to start a clothing line, we bring in the founder of Ugg Boots. If you want to start a board game, here's a guy who did Pictionary. If you want to start a nonprofit, here's a guy who did Make-A-Wish. So go to the front of the line. Stop asking people and surrounding yourself with people that don't know what they're talking about. And here's a newsflash. The most successful people are the most available. I'm going to say it again. The most successful people are the most available. It'll blow your mind how available people are. And the way you open up the door and get direct access to them is called, are you ready for this one? Specificity. I don't know if I say it right because I'm dyslexic, but you get the concept. Be specific. And it works like this. No one wants to have their brain picked. No one wants to go to lunch with you. They don't want to have dinner. They don't want to have coffee. They don't want to have a meet. Trust me, they just have no time. Compare that to me. And I want to reach the founder of you know, Showtime Television. And I'm working on a book called The Millionaire Mentor. I'm going to reach out to Jules and say, Jules, I need 12.5 minutes of your time. That is all. From the moment I walk in till the moment I leave, I'll start a stopwatch. It'll be 12 minutes. I'm going to ask you one simple question. What's the power of mentorship? And shut up. The chance of that person coming from their office down to the break room to meet you for that is so specific that the chances are it's 90% they're going to do it. But most people sit there and want to talk the brains off. It's the same concept. If I get off stage and there's 10,000 people, there's a long line that want to take pictures and have you sign books, which is amazing. And they say the nicest things. How can it be a contribution? How can it be a service? How can I work with you? I don't have 30 minutes for a resume check, but there's long people. Compare that to someone who pops up and says, dude, love your talk. I went to your Instagram. You got 2 million followers. I make really kick-ass memes. Let me send you one. If you like it, maybe it'll use me. Eight seconds. I know who you are, what you do. You got my cell phone. We're in contact. 
See the difference? I think that right there, what you just said, is the ultimate game changer for me and for uh, for other people, my other vegetapreneurs. So, brother, I just want to say thank you. Um, I'm truly humbled. And when I say I'm humbled and grateful, you know I mean it. It's not just wordplay. We've gone back and forth a bunch of times. So I just want to say thank you for everything you've done for me and for mentoring me. Yeah. You know, you're one of the good guys. It's so interesting out there. A lot of people do things for selfish reasons, and you're constantly doing it to give back, to share. And you meet somebody, and you just want to share your friend with other people. And that's coming from a place of humility, but more importantly, of leadership. And you have that student's mind. And I want to share uh, one simple aha I've learned this last couple of years that changed my existence of how I look at things. And maybe it'll help the audience. I'm just, my brain, I'm being told to share this. What if God, the universe, granted every wish and every prayer, but we didn't like the packaging, so we sent it on its way? God, I need $100. Please, Lord, send me $100. I'll do anything for $100. Your neighbor pulls up. He says, hey, man, my pickup truck, I just picked up all these aluminum cans. Why don't you take them off my hands? Cash them in. They're probably worth 100 bucks. I don't want those stinky things. Well, you asked. You prayed. You threw it out. It was given to you, but you didn't like the packaging, so you didn't accept it. What's the chances of the next time you hoped, wished, or prayed that being fulfilled? Probably not because it'd be like a kid asking for something, you give it to them and not have a respect or appreciation for what you gave them. So that's where that saying comes from. Be careful what you ask for because you might just get it. And it's accountability and responsibility for every single thing that happens, good or bad. It's your fault. Stop casting blame. So for example, there's a thing called CPC, clues patterns, choices. If I learned anything, if I go back time, this is the only thing I wish I would have learned when I was 20. CPC, clues, patterns, choices, accountability. I go out on a first date. I'm a single guy. The woman's wonderful, but she's 20 minutes late. Anything could have happened, traffic, babysitter, whatever, but there's a little red flag. That's a C, a clue. I like this woman. I keep dating her. Every time for the next 10, 15, 20 dates, she's 20 minutes late. That forms a P, which is called a pattern. Now it's my C, my choice, whether I deal with it, I yell at her, I break up, I tell her a different time, but it's not her fault. She's just late. Stop trying to change people to fit in your own little world. No one wants to be changed, but we'll see someone with a bad reputation in business. They cheat your best friend. You do business thinking it'll be different. Things go wrong. You're mad at the person. You saw the clue. You saw the pattern. You made the choice. It'd be like seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister. You pet the snake, get bit, and you're mad at the snake. Looking back in life, rarely will we be angry at relationships that failed or negotiations that fell through. We're mad at ourselves because we stayed in too long. We saw the clues. We followed the patterns, but we made our choices late. And, and I there you go. And I think a lot of it, even if we even if we do the CPC on our own our own life, we can figure out, all right, there's a clues where you started screwing up. There's certain patterns that happen, and then the choices we make because of those other things. So, you know, I believe accountability is the top thing I think in the world. Uh, so, brother, I just want to say thank you, guys. Make sure that you reach out out to Greg. You know, make sure when you do research him, go to Greg S. Reed because there is an an amazing football player out of Canada named Greg Reed. So uh, this Greg is not playing football in Canada. 
So I just wanted to put that out there. Well, I appreciate that. And again, I want to say thanks for having me on. And you know what's the best thing is anyone that reached out to me on Instagram. Uh, the only thing I ask is I don't want to talk about the weather, what the kids ate for you know lunch. But reach out to me and say, hey, I'm working on this business uh, proposal. What would you recommend I read? Or who do you have a contact I might to open up some doors? Or tell me about that secret knock thing. Just come to me directly, Greg S. Reed on Instagram. DM me. I promise it goes right to my phone. There's no screeners. There's no receptionist. And I will return 100% of everyone that reaches out. Thanks for having me on, Champion. Until we meet each other face-to-face again, eye-to-eye, keep smiling. I love you guys. And remember, guys, vertical momentum. The only way to go is but up and you guys make the decision you can be a victim or a victim today all right guys i love you greg have an amazing week ciao thank you for joining us today please hit subscribe and share please feel free to leave us a comment